You're listening to the Rapid Realization Podcast, where we discuss the mind, body, and everything on healing from within, for you to get inspired to finding your own inner wisdom, to be more self-actualized and become aware of your highest potential. And I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Belkansky, a certified clinical hypnotherapist and mind coach at Rapid Realization, and I welcome you. So let's begin. And welcome to today's episode where we're talking about healing in non-ordinary states of consciousness. And first, you may be asking or wondering, what are non-ordinary states? (laughs) So first, let me just give you a brief understanding of what that even is. And this is a terminology that was really coined by um, psychiatrists by the name of Stanislav Grof. Uh, Dr. Groff is was born in Czech Republic as a psychiatrist where he really was introduced to the world of psychedelics and um, entered into research back in the 1950s. And he's been in the field of these altered or non-ordinary states using breathwork or holotropic breathwork. He was a fellow uh, researcher at John Hopkins University School of Medicine, as well as um, chief of psychiatric research um, in the uni- at the University of Maryland. And in non-ordinary state really is basically outside of what we ordinarily would be experiencing during our waking hours. And how I like to explain it to people is, well, first, when we are born into this world, we come in really sleeping most of the time, right? So between the age of, you know, zero months till almost two years old, we are very much in this sleep state most of the day, Um, very much just on automatic where we, you know, poo, eat and, and babble. (laughs) We don't really do too much, right? And this wavelength of brain activity is called delta. Delta wavelength in an adult is deep sleep, And usually children do sleep a lot, you know, babies do sleep a lot, but they are in a predominantly in Delta. As they continue to get older from the age of two to six, children start to shift into a new predominant state of Theta. When we look at adults in the Theta brain waves, we, we know that Theta for adults is really associated with REM sleep. When you're in REM sleep, you're using your imagination, you're starting, you're, you know, really stimulating that recall, regeneration, and um, you're in this, there's still cognition going on, but it's in this very meditative state of uh, consciousness. And then as the child gets older, they start to have more cognition. And between the age of six to 12, they start to enter into a brainwave that's called alpha. Alpha in adults is very much associated with relaxation, but there's still cognition there. So it's kind of like you sitting on the couch, just being relaxed um, and maybe even closing your eyes and just kind of kind of really winding down. You're using your visualization, you may be thinking still, but it's not the predominant cognitive state that we're in most of our waking hours. So as the child now gets older, the after the age of 12, that's when children are very much more cognitively um, developed, meaning that they have their their thinking mind is there. If you have listened to the past uh, podcast, the critical mind is very much there. They're hearing that voice. And as adult beta from the age of 12 onwards, we're in that more predominant adult state 
of brainwaves, which is beta. And beta brainwaves are very much alertness um, and cognition. So we're active, our eyes are open, we're very much alert and aware. And so I'm, I'm kind of highlighting these comparisons from when we're a child to when we're adult, because for me, when I think of non-ordinary states of consciousness, we are in a state of consciousness that we have been in. It's just not ordinary to us. <laughs> it's not, it's not the predominant state. So there's different ways for us to be able to access these non-ordinary states, and that's what I really want to focus on because for me, when I think about these non-ordinary states, it's, it's, it's creating new connections and science shows that it is creating connections in our mind, allowing us to be able to have access to areas of our mind that we would not otherwise be able to do when we're in beta or our alert, woken, typical, um, you know, alertness. And when I look at non-ordinary states, I also, based on my research and, and collection of information, um, feel that it's it's like going back to that child essence of being very open and not and, and seeing all of who we are as opposed to being divided and very um, dropped into one aspect. So when we access altered states or non-ordinary states, we're much more in this childlike presence where there's this curiosity or exploratory um, nature to a child, right? Uh, when a child is, when you meet a little little kid at the, at the age of like, you know, three, four years old, they're just so pliable. They're so open and they don't really have any of the boundaries that we created or in a sense, the walls in our mind that tell us, life is any other way. So if you tell, tell a child, you know, hey, the sky's purple or <laughs> that elephants fly, they may be like, they do? <laughs> Just because they're much less conditioned to have to see the world in one way. Their flexibility or pliability of their mind is much more open to take in new ways of seeing things. And there's less ego there. And so when we access these non-ordinary states, for me, it's like looking it's like becoming more childlike and being much more open and connecting to different things. So I want to start talking about the different types of non-ordinary states of consciousness. And I kind of seeded to this in the beginning of this podcast. And some of the ways that we can access non-ordinary states include for one of the main ones that I practice, which is hypnotherapy. And Hypnotherapy is very much getting us into that theta brain waves, which is predominant for children that are between the age of two and six. And that theta is associated with people, deep meditators, as well as for REM sleep. So it's, you know, pretty crazy that when I do put into people into a trance state that they do feel like their body or that they are asleep, but their mind continues to remain awake. And that's even a statement that I say, you know, that the feeling can be explained as if you are sleeping, your body is asleep, but you're very well aware, awake. It's like having a lucid dream. And, and when you, you know, I have a little like watch that, that monitors the brain waves. Um, or my, my patterns of sleep, and it will even think that I'm sleeping when I'm in uh, that deep meditation or hypnosis. And this is an altered 
non-ordinary state of consciousness. I'm still very conscious. I'm not unconscious when you're in that hypnosis or meditation. I like to explain it like being a child though. That means that if we are very open and we're in this open connectivity within our mind that is open for suggestions, then we're able to create quicker change. We're able to, to you're more impressionable just like a child would be. And so then that would be a good time to create um, new programming, to heal something, to shift something. So you see it differently when you're in that theta or non-ordinary state. They did research on uh, monks and this was pretty interesting. You know, when, when they, uh, I think this was back in the 2018, 2017, I believe the research came out, but they hooked up a bunch of monks to EEG where they would put these caps on their head and, and detect their brainwave activity. And they saw that they would get into these actually very high levels of brain activity, which are called gamma. And that's one that I didn't really talk about. And gamma are, um, they're the highest brain waves. And they're associated for those light bulb moments when you have really profound insights and or you solve a puzzle or you just like get a solution to a, a problem you've been trying to work on in that just feeling that comes over you of like, aha, it's it's this really profound insight. And gamma is not very uh, easy to track because usually it comes through in these fast oscillations and goes away because it is these moments of insights. But these monks were able to show longer duration of these of these gamma wavelengths, which showed that they had these these insights or expanded consciousness. Now, going back to, to hypnosis and, you know, I haven't, I don't have any EEGs strapped on my clients to be able to detect it, but there's no doubt that, you know, when they, when they get into these altered states, change happens very quickly. And, and that's why, you know, I, I'm very heavy in this component of, of helping people um, therapeutically because the change happens so quickly. And, you know, how I like to explain it is because of this is because we're, we're accessing the mind in, in a more open, a more connected state. Um, and sometimes even just meditating can help you get that to that non-ordinary state. And so for those meditators that have been doing it for some time that learn how to quiet their mind and, and get those cues within their body that their body is like, you know, much more uh, asleep, but they're still consciously awake, they're able to access these altered uh, non-ordinary states to help them create new change. So meditation and hypnosis is one way to be able to access these non-ordinary states and to help heal or to bring something to surface and then, you know, change it. But another way of accessing non-ordinary states is also um, holotropic breath work. And, and this is something that um, the person that I refer to, Stanislav Grof, uh, the psychiatrist, is well known for this, this, this type of modality because he found that, you know, psychedelics have came out in, you know, the 19, they were very popularized in the 1960s. And then they, you know, kind of dis disappeared or went away and, and was conformed to a lot of regulations. And he, um, you know, found this alternative way of getting people into those really, really deep, um, non-ordinary states, very similar to psychedelic, um, psychedelic experiences. And so what holotropic breath work is, is just very deep, um, a more fast pace of breathing. Um, I like to combine this technique with, with hypnotherapy in order to help, you know, people really go deeper in because we are creating, um, 
in a, a much more uh, forced trance. And when I do holotropic breath or breath work, people go into these really deep states that um, they start to see things and experience things and, and things are just really much forced out and really bypass the thinking or critical mind or even egoic mind that would get in the way otherwise. Um, so I like to, I like to call it my big guns <laughs> and that's because, you know, it really starts to force things out of, out of someone. And there's a lot of ways of explaining how this works, but some people will say, well, yeah, you're hyper oxygenating yourself and, and really creating an altered pH within your body by, um, you know, giving yourself uh, an excess amount of oxygen and, and really stimulating a lot of energy. And then people will even have um, discomforting feelings from these breathwork sessions. But what it's doing is it is it is altering a state of consciousness. And I have no doubt just because of my personal experience that people are really accessing things that they um, could not easily access in their conscious state because we're creating new connections where we're pushing the critical mind or the conscious thinking aside by forcing out this subconscious stimulation in a sense because the breath is very much connected to our subconscious mind, our nervous system. So we're stimulating a lot of um, the energy within our body and and there's a lot of education out there about holding energy in, in areas of our body. We hold beliefs, we hold ideas, we hold uh, memories in our body. And so when we start breathing in this way, we start to bring up memories that are held within our body. And the strongest emotion and the strongest memory, the strongest thing that is being held is going to be pushed to the surface because of this circulation of energy through our body by our breath. And that's an altered non-ordinary state that we're getting to now because, you know, will people will have flashes or hallucinations or imaginations of certain things. And if you continue the trend of following that, it usually leads us somewhere to some, you know, common theme or, you know, symbology or even a memory of a past event or experience. And, you know, that's all through this breath. It's and profound healing can really happen. Uh, you know, I, I've seen profound healing with hypnotherapy and meditation, but I've also seen profound healing with breath. And the facilitation of this type of breath work um, really releases a lot of different things. <laughs> and so even that releases healing, the release of letting go um, of allowing, you know, an expression of, of hurt, pain, sorrow, sadness, or whatever the feeling is, is, is even that therapeutic exercise of, of breathing through it. Uh, one thing that I didn't mention is usually the intention behind why we're doing it. So if we're going to breathe intentionally with, with, with something that we want to heal and help, then, then the inner mind, the subconscious mind will really help you towards that. And the same thing with hypnosis, when we're going into these non-ordinary states with a focus of an intention, um, so using hypnosis and going into hypnosis, then our intention is on a particular goal, then that's what we will focus on. That's what we will get. The last one that I wanted to speak about is also um, psychedelics. 
psychedelics is something um, that is now gaining in more awareness. You know, there's a lot of research and universities that are um, doing cohort studies on different types of chronic illnesses. Um, It's, it's approved for use for, you know, for, for, for cancer patients that are near death, as well as for people that are treatment resistant depression, as well for PTSD. And there's different types of psychedelics being used for, for them. And they're seeing success. They're seeing people being able to create change and integrate some of those lessons in a very fast way. So all psychedelics are doing are taking us into a very non-ordinary state of consciousness. And it's, it's interesting on what the research is showing that, that the, what is coming forward is a direct reflection of what is within you. It's very, it's very unique to any person that would do it and, and what they're going to get back. So, there's no one shoe fits all in a sense that what you get back from the experience is going to be based on where your intention is and where your mind is. It is it turns into a reflection of of you. It's and it turns into a symbology of what you need to to be what you need to see within your mind. But again, what what the psychedelics are doing is they're creating non ordinary states. And creating these connections within your mind that we don't typically have in our everyday waking hours, like when in beta. (laughs) And so the research is even showing that there's a global reduction in the activity in the brain, but it is stimulating new connections within the brain in areas that we would not otherwise create connections with. It's kind of like you know, being in a room and uh, with your best friend and you always talk to your best friend. And because your best friend's always at this event or party, you know, you always connect with them and, and talk with them. But when they're gone, you're forced to use different areas within your brain or different aspects of your brain that you would not otherwise connect with. And so let's say you go to a party and you connect with new different people that you would not otherwise connect with because now your best friend's not there. (laughs) So what the research is showing is that we're creating these new connections and new pathways with different areas of our mind that we would not otherwise communicate with. And that's creating this generalized approach of, of using more of our mind in a way. So that's how I perceive it is that we're using more of our mind. We're learning how to open up. Uh, dialogues or connections with more of our mind. And that's what these non-ordinary states for me are doing is that in hypnosis, in meditation, in breath work, in psychedelics, like these all non-ordinary states, it's forcing us to, to access different areas of our mind that we're not exercising on a regular basis. So I just wanted to kind of open the dialogue on this and, 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 you know, communicate it with you guys on on how non-ordinary states are uh, are opening the door to healing to deeper forms of healing and i would not be here if i did not believe that was true because <laughs> you know i've 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 utilized all of these forms of modalities i i obviously have done hypnotherapy on myself that's why i got into the whole hypnotherapy realm i've done breath work <laughs> and holotropic breath work and i also utilize psychedelics so all of these different types of modalities like i've 
I wanted to learn too and and what is out there to help and heal. And so I found that these modalities are definitely leading the way for deeper healing now. So I just wanted to introduce this as, you know, of something of interest if you wanted to look further into it. Um, and if so, then by all means, look up Dr. Stanislav Grof and his many, many years in the field and the research and publications he's put out. As well, I could recommend a book that I recently finished called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And it just really looks at, you know, um, psychedelics and non-ordinary states, um, primarily psychedelics, but I just wanted to introduce it to you guys if it's something of interest. Um, but there is opportunity for deeper healing. And I'm not stating to go out there and do anything without appropriate facilitation. You know, all of these modalities do need appropriate intention. Most importantly, having a very clear intention of what it is that you want to address and having appropriate facilitation, having an appropriate guide or lead in order to help you through these. Um, you know, I would never have done anything without an appropriate facilitator by my side. Thanks for listening, and I hope you gain some newfound insights or realizations. If you would like future alerts on new episodes, be sure to hit the subscribe. You can also join me, your host, on Instagram to continue this conversation, ask questions, or just to give us feedback because we love hearing from you, the listener. Just search in the handle Anne Balkansky, or you can check below in the show notes all of our social media links as well as how else you can get connected. Until next time, have a great one.